The Home Show with Sinead Ryan. With Daikon. Use less energy to heat your home this winter. D-A-I-K-I-N dot I-E. Your energy, your choice. On News Talk. Hello and you're very welcome along to the latest episode of The Home Show podcast with me, Sinead Ryan. Coming up this week, renowned Irish designer Orla Kiley with her new furniture collection and tales of her extraordinary life. It's Halloween on Tuesday, so Entertainment.ie's Brian Lloyd has been trawling through suggestions uh, for the spookiest houses in the movies and he'll bring us the top three. Sticking with the Halloween theme, Jennifer Sheehan will be joining us with tips on decorating your home and a creative pop-up in Kildare Village. If you'd like to get involved in our podcast and maybe suggest guests and topics for us, well, of course, you can do that by emailing us during the week at thehomeshow at newstalk.com and you can catch all of our pods, all of our items and every single show we've ever done up on the Newstalk app or on newstalk.com, powered by Go Loud. Now, with the clocks going back and Halloween coming up on Tuesday, there's no doubt about a definite change in the seasons. And we'll be staying in that mood for most of this week's show. We've been collating suggestions for spooky houses in scary movies, and Brian Lloyd will be along to give us uh, the top three a little bit later. But let me know how you plan on spending Halloween. It's kind of falling on a Tuesday this year, so it's a little bit odd. But are you having a party? Are you trick-or-treating with the kids? Uh, Or are you just uh, pulling down the blinds and turning off the lights? Whatever you're doing, do let me know. uh, 53106 on text and you're very welcome along to the show. Now, my first guest today carries a name and brand that has become both iconic and enduring. There can't be anyone listening to the show this morning who isn't familiar with this Irish woman's timeless stem design. And if you're still guessing, then when I mention Orla Kiley, I'm certain you can immediately visualise what I'm talking about. Orla, you're very, very welcome to The Home Show. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. And you're coming back home. I I am. I am. Well, I'm coming to I'm in Cork, which is rather nice. And um, yeah, we we came this morning and we're going to have a weekend here. So looking forward to it. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, um, of course, you are uh, Irish born, uh, Dublin born, and you founded your business back in 1995. Somehow, um, it seems even longer than that. Ooh, <laughs> some, in some ways it seems really much longer and in, in other ways it feels like yesterday. You know, that it's, it's funny how, how all-consuming it, it has been, but it's been, it's been great. And I'm doing, you know, from, from the day we started, I'm, I'm, I'm designing work I love, work that's me, you know, and um, it's, yeah, I can't complain. <laughs> Well, certainly not. It's just, uh, it's a fabulous success story. Uh, Now, colour, pattern and design really are the three elements that are all encompassing in everything you do. Where do you get your inspiration from? Well, you know, I always think everything for me starts with pattern. Because that's 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 a, a, a huge passion for me since I w- since I was a child, and and I always I always kind of refer often to to my childhood bedroom that was kind of wraparound brown, seventies floral, ditzy print, and I used to kind of I used to I used to kind of stare at it, and I had matching duvet and curtains. It was just the whole the whole thing, so I I was always kind of looking at, at repeats and 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 seeing where 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 they went and how they kind of, you know. You know, see, seeing where the repeats were. So that's the starting point. Colour, I have to say, I'm in Ireland, but you know I'm Irish. 
And my palate, I always think, is Irish countryside. You know, yellow gorse, orange wildflowers, all the greens. And yeah, for, for, forever. And, and, and the, it's just those lovely floral, earthy colours that we have here that I just can't, I always kind of go back to. You do go back to them and you have gone back to them for this latest furniture collection that we're going to talk about uh, in a few minutes and I'll, I'll ask you about that. However, I believe that you started with hats. Oh, yes. Uh, when I graduated from college in London, I, I, I had my, my degree show and, I, and, and, and I, had, I had a lot of hats at that stage and I was kind of noticed at the time for that. When I started our business, I, we, 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 we did a, a more, I would say a more commercial version, you know, and, and we, went to, we went to a trade show, London Fashion Week actually, and I thought instead of just having hats, maybe we'll, we'll make some bags to go alongside. And they were soft, kind of easy, you know, cut and sew backpacks. And we, we, were, we were selling them and my father who famously said this and he's now sadly no longer with us but I hope he's listening to me he always said um, he noticed and he said Orla everyone every lady I see has a hat has a bag sorry but she's not wearing a hat so the, the, there was the clue. So he definitely was right. And so that was maybe the, the pivot into into doing something kind of diff- slightly different. And, and I guess something that w- that had a function that had an everyday function. You know, the point being that we all need a We all need a bag. We're bringing stuff around with us. Now, talk to me about uh, because we, we can't not talk about it, which is this uh, the, the repeating stem design because it is probably the piece you're best known for uh, and when I said earlier that it sometimes can seem as if you've been here even longer uh, than 1995 it's because I, I think that is just so enduring it feels like in one way it's always been with us tell us about its origins make it sound exciting now Orla <laughs> <laughs> you know I, 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 we, were, we were talking yesterday and I, and I always say it's it's our business has grown from that stem and I think that's quite nice to think that 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 was the beginning do you know it was I remember doing it and it was it was it was a simple almost quick design but it's funny when something works and then when we when we when we translated it into 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 print onto fabric and then into a bag it just had an immediate kind of people reacted very positively and actually loved it. And it was it's interesting. I, I don't know why, but lots of theories, all the leaves are facing up. Positive. I don't know. You know, it's growing. It's growing continually. And it's it. I, I do think it's the I do think it's a round shape and the multicolor and, and our colors are balanced. I think we take time and care and also it's uh, I guess instinctive to a degree but the colours are very are balanced so I kind of think when when they kind of sing when the colours are kind of dancing and singing then they're then they're working. You see you make that sound natural and and easy and straightforward but I know there are lots of listeners and I'm including myself here who finds colour and pattern and trying to get that fine balance between just right and de trop <laughs> get it right and and you say okay you, I suppose instinctively know and we've had a look at the furniture and the cushions and we've been talking about that like to, to some eye if I saw all those pieces disparately I'd be like I could not possibly put that pattern with that colour and yet when you see it 
it's mm. it's it was always meant to be. Um, h- how for ordinary people out there can you advise them to to maybe is it to start with colour pops or you know don't be brave too brave straight on or just go for it? I th- well I think it's I I tend to work in kind of colour families. And also, you know, complementary colours. But for me, I don't not all colours go with each other. So I I do have the, the, the stories I like and I and I and I work within those. And then it's nice to add a, a, a strange kind of curveball in to kind of, you know, mix it up a bit. But I think I think I think, you know, it's always it's important to try and to see how you to see how it looks and you'll know when it's right and you, I think you'll know when it's wrong. Now, the pattern and the repeating pattern is a very uh, signal part of all of your designs. Uh, does that speak to a very ordered mind? Ooh, oh, oh, uh, yes, probably. I think mine, you know, I think it speaks to a mind that would like to be ordered. It doesn't have to be ordered. But, you know, we all kind of... Order is kind of relaxing. You know, we can be chaotic in everything, but if you're looking at something orderly, it must be soothing and and kind of relaxing. So I think there is something in that in that question. I think that's a good question. Uh, now we are in uh, Casey's Furniture in Cork, uh, as you said, uh, to look at the launch of your new furniture collection. Uh, and I was struck when I had a look around it earlier uh, about uh, obviously all your signature colour and designs are there, but there was a beautiful suite of furniture in a midnight blue type of colour and it's just a lush kind of velour or velvety fabric. Is that a departure for you into these midnight jewel colours? Not really because I we we always use we all I love dark colours but I think it's how you mix them again so for me that midnight colour with olive green is beautiful so I've always used that throughout so it's it's the balancing of the blues and the greens that I think is very important. It is beautiful and you can have a, a look at Orla's uh, entire collection, of course, on her own Instagram and, and website uh, and also Casey's furniture as well. You're based in London, obviously, Orla, and I'm thinking then, um, I have to ask you the B question, how has Brexit years on affected your business and how has it changed the way you do business? I think I think it's it's made it a, it, has, it has definitely made it more difficult for export, especially obviously to within within Europe. So I mean, one of the things we've and it's taken us a while because all these things there's an awful lot of kind of paperwork, etc., and you know loops to jump through. But we have finally opened a, an EU hub, so we are able to now ship to all our our customers in Ireland in Scandinavia across Europe which is which is great it was really important to us now uh, this is a bit of a family affair for you I know your husband Dermot is uh, very involved in the business and your sons so talk to me about how important that is for you it's been you know I've always worked with Dermot and it's 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 surprising it's it's worked very well considering so you know that's been great and now our eldest son has joined and so i've got two two family members and it's it is it's it's lovely i mean i think i think we can be very honest with each other and i think we have we have obviously a great team alongside family but um i i i do like working with with the ones i love 
you're pleased that they've they've taken on. Well, listen, um, it's an absolutely fabulous collection uh, and we're delighted uh, to see you today and to have a look at it. Uh, so I just want to say thank you very much for joining us on The Home Show, Orla Kylie. You're very welcome. Thank you. Now, it is Halloween next Tuesday and we are continuing our series of famous homes in film with entertainment.ie's movie editor, Brian Lloyd, who's back in studio. Hi, Brian, how are you? Now, we couldn't let the week pass, of course, without looking at horror movies and horror homes and all of that. So we've been taking in suggestions uh, on the top three. I am delighted to say that my favourite spooky movie has made it into the list uh, and the one which terrifies terrified me as a child and that is the Amityville Horror. This really got you, yeah? Really did and I think it was because I was, I kind of had a very liberal childhood um, (laughs) because I was allowed to watch, I used to love Hammer Horrors and all that kind of stuff and I was allowed to watch them at an absurdly young age. Right. Um, and I always Me too, had, in fairness. Yeah, 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 the lights off yeah. and would willingly scare the wits out of myself. I yeah. mean, my, my favourite movie of all time is Mask of the Red Death. Oh, good call with Vincent Price. Oh, yeah. Absolutely yeah. horrific. Prince P- Prospero. Prospero yeah. Have you been watching <laughs> The Fall of the House of Usher, by the way? I have not. And, and I'm told it is excellent. Yeah, but there's an episode of it that's basically like a kind of a, an updated version of The Mask of the Red oh, Death. Oh, I don't know if I want to see that I don't, want, I, I don't want it to be less scary than it, it resides in my head <laughs> I mean it's good I mean it's a, like I say it's an updated version of it but uh, yeah no it's, it's yeah that's a good call like yeah, right yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a it was really shocking and I I kind of have watched it in later years and look you can see the sets are a bit it's a bit cheesy and all yeah. That, yeah. yeah but it, it, that whole memory is yeah. is still with me but anyway the Amityville horror mm. um, I think it was because the house itself yes. looked like a, a creepy face that's right isn't it let's take a clip from the movie soon after they moved in it began the living room an unnatural cold the basement the hidden red room. What do you want from us? Now, talk to me a little bit about the house itself. So the house, if you can believe it, was called High Hopes. <laughs> which is... <laughs> a little incongruous. It is a very incongruous, yeah. So it was a Dutch colonial house. Mm. Um, it was... Uh, yeah, so it was a, what they call a Dutch colonial house. It was six bedrooms. It was at 112 Ocean Avenue. But apparently... Over the years, they actually changed the address to 108 Ocean Avenue. Like I said, it was called High Hopes, which is just horrible, horrible uh, <laughs> in Gorgu. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so when you actually see the house, the front of it, it looks like a kind of a jack-o'-lantern kind of thing where yeah. the, eye, the, the windows are kind of curved. Um, they've since changed it. The house has been like severely like renovated now, and they've was re- that to stop kind of oh, what, tourists. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred okay. percent. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, as well, the people who bought it said that well, one they like like the people in the film. They actually did get it for a knockdown bargain price. I think it was sold in twenty seventeen for something like I think it was like six hundred thousand dollars, which. Mm. For a house of that size in that area, mm. like, you know, twenty miles mm. outside of New York, mm. it's that's a pretty, pretty, pretty good deal. But yeah, no, they've uh, renovated the house since to try kind of discourage people from coming to the house. When they were actually selling the house as well, they had an open kind of viewing of it, and apparently there was like queues around the block for people wanting to see it, Gosh. and trying to kind of get a look on the inside of it. Um, 
Now, so, the movie itself, yeah. so 1979, yeah. so that's why I was terrified. I was sure, yeah. too young to be watching it. Uh, James Brolin, Margot Kidder, yeah. Rod Steiger, great, great cast. Great cast, yeah, absolutely. But they were, they were walking into, um, uh, you know, at the set of, of a movie based on uh, a, a book yeah. that had only been published a couple of years earlier mm-hmm. about... Um, paranormal experiences of a family that had lived there. Yeah, so the story was was that the Lutzes bought this house again at a bargain price and it turned out that a couple of years prior to that a guy called Ronald DeFeo had essentially killed his entire family in it. Now, like the book and like the film, the family who bought it, the Lutzes, were told about the murders you know, they had to be they had to be yeah, informed of that and they said, yep, yeah, that's absolutely fine it's not a problem. And then all the business started happening. Like apparently George Lutz said that he was woken up every morning at like 3.15, which was apparently the time when Ronald DeFeo went and killed all his family. Um, in the book and then in the film subsequently, there was talk that, you know, it was uh, the house was built on an Indian burial ground, apparently. I mean, the, the thing to remember about the Amityville Horror is, is that it was pretty much a hoax. I mean, you know, subsequent people have bought the house Reported nothing, nothing, in the, nothing okay. whatsoever. And George and Mary Lutz, I think, was the the real life people. Apparently, their their lawyer William Weber was his name. He said that the entire thing was was complete okay. fiction. Now, okay. subsequently, however, George Lutz did a you know polygraph tests or whatever. Mm. And it, seemingly he passed them, so yeah. he believes that this happened. Oh, okay. But everyone his, else, his brain believed that yes. it happened. All yeah. right, okay. Now the film itself, I mean, it was a commercial success oh, as well, and there was a whole genre around that time of these type of scary movies. I yeah. mean, it was a definite time for it. Oh yeah. Um, so um, the film itself did well. Mm. It did, and it spawned a lot of sequels yeah. as well. I mean, there was the Amityville Horror 2, Possession. And then because of a lot of kind of um, legal wrangling and the fact that they couldn't trademark the name Amityville. Okay. There were a lot of like copycat films that were kind of like, it was the Amityville uh, House, the Amityville Horrors, plural. Okay, right, yeah, right, that right. Had nothing so to it do. kind of diluted the Oh, completely. The brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then shockingly, there was a remake um, with Ryan Reynolds of all people yeah. in 2005 in his, in his fallow years you yeah. wonder why they do that do you know I mean to be fair like I mean I, th- I suppose the idea like the haunted house is a very very common genre do you know that sort of way and I think it's the idea of like we associate home obviously with being protected that everything is where we expect it to be but then you know when the lights go out and the shadows mm. come down everything kind of takes on a different uh, a different idea and anyone who lives in an old house as well like my house is 120 years old and I know that if I walk over certain creaking floorboards exactly, yeah, and noises in the yeah, radiators and and yeah. yeah exactly radiators <laughs> banging and all the rest of it yeah. like what the hell is that and then it's you know so you can scare yourself easily at home but I think it's because you're so vulnerable and the Amityville Horror is a really good example yeah. of Haunted House yeah. okay alright well it's it's definitely one of my favourites and uh, thank, thanks for bringing that to us now we are going to take a left turn uh, with the next house because an, another super movie uh and it is The Others. Let's yeah. take a clip. Almost a week ago, the servants disappeared. You mean they just vanished? Did you really see a ghost? You're lying! I am not! Sometimes the world of the dead gets mixed up with the 
quarter of the living. Now, uh, this Nicole Kidman. Yeah, brilliant. Phenomenal performance yeah. by her. Our own Fanula Flanagan was in this. That's right. She always... That... I don't know, even when she's not playing parts, mm. which are the freaky bad person, I, that's all I can think of. Really? <laughs> She seems she, call, she always seems so like kind of gregarious she, and comforting and more. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah, just because she looked like my granny or something. Like I that don't know. I and she's a phenomenal actress. But that's a testament to her acting yeah. skills. She did a turn for a while in in Star Trek. That's right. The Next Generation as Data's mother, and that's she, right. she was kind of a bit. Uh, I don't know. Freaked me out a little bit a little on bit, that. Yeah, there was kind of. Yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah, she was a little bit sort of. I don't know, wooden or something. Yeah, and, and yeah, she turned out to be. Uh, uh, robot herself. Yeah, there right. you go. Or an Android. An Android. An Android. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I'm <laughs> dealing with purist here. Right, okay. So this was set, the others is mm. set um, uh, in 1945, so yep. at the end of the war on Jersey. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, for those who can remember, it, it's about this woman who had these two ch- children who yeah. were uh, allergic to light. Yeah, photosensitive. Yeah. And all the doors had to be locked, all the rooms had to be dark. And the whole film seems to be just Nicole Kidman walking through rooms and mm. locking doors and opening doors. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the house. Yeah, so the house itself, if you can believe it, actually wasn't in Jersey at all. It was in a place called Cantabria in Spain. The house was called the Palacio de los Hornillas. Um, and it was uh, created by a London architect whose name was Ralph Selden Warnham. It was built between 1897 and 1904. It's a beautiful house. Isn't it? It's gorgeous. It's built nearly in the kind of grand English Gothic style. It's stunning. It is. It's beautiful. And it's great as well because the others is very much... Uh, the the house, if you like, is a character in the others. I mean, like you were talking about there, they have to lock the big, huge doors yeah. and all the rest of it, the billowing Jangling curtains. keys. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, when you go into any of those houses, like, you can always feel the history coming out of the walls, can't you? Like, it is one of those things that the atmosphere is very much there. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it's the house looks gorgeous as well. Mm. You can really see... And I think that's one of the things why I love this film so much is the fact that when you're watching it and when you see the architecture of the house, you could imagine it kind of, you could imagine it being beautiful and warm and kind of like inviting and almost autumnal. Downton Abbey nearly. Yeah, In another movie. In another movie. But then in this, it's terrifying and empty and, you know, it's got a dark past and everything like that. And I think that's, you know, the best haunted house movies I find are the ones that, you have both. You can see why people are there. It's not just like, you know, the Adams family were talking mm, Greek mm. and old and ancient or whatever. You can see why people are there. But then with a little bit of, you know, lighting and cinematography and camera work, it then becomes more terrifying. And that's what happens in the others. It slowly becomes this sort of like suffocating pressure cooker. Yeah, and the dark panelling and the and the yeah. wood the wood and actually the, the whole use of sound in yeah. that movie makes makes this even though this house is vast, mm. it, it makes it seem very closed. That's it. Yeah, it, it's really... Like, The Others, I think, is a great example of a film where you, you're almost kind of leaning into the screen, for lack mm. of a better word. Like, it, kind of the same way that, you know, paranormal activity. You know, there are these long sequences where nothing really happens and you're watching every part of the screen to try see where the jump is coming. Mm. But then when it does come it's so subtle and so kind of, yeah. it makes it even more terrifying. Yeah. It's not yeah. a big There's no Freddy Krueger's no, running yeah, around yeah, the place. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, that's the others and well worth uh, another look if you haven't seen it in a while um, and it's been out, oh, it must be 20 oh, years 20 now. 20 years yeah. that, Okay. Right, and finally, Brian Lloyd, yeah. let us look at uh, the last movie you've picked uh, for this uh, and it's What Lies Beneath. Here's a clip. 
Claire's hearing things. What are you hearing? Voices whispering. A picture fell. Missing girl. Do you remember this? No. I stopped at this cafe to get a coffee and I see Norman, but he wasn't alone. Look at this. Doesn't that look exactly like a face? And there's a hand, see? Someone who's very close to me seems to be in contact with some kind of entity or, or spirit. There's a ghost in my house. Now, this again, 20 or so years yeah. old, Robert uh, Zemeckis, of mm-hmm. course, uh, this was Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer. Harrison Ford being Harrison Ford. Yeah. Because that's, delivery, that's, the the, character he plays. that's the character he plays. And uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, who actually had a great turn in this. Yeah. I, I, I really liked her in this. Uh, and the filming uh, was in Vermont. Vermont. Yeah. And it, when you and see it's that. set in Vermont. Yeah, that's yeah. right. In a place called Addison. Yeah. And you know, like, you know, those Vermont kind of beach houses or lake houses, they yeah. always look gorgeous. Yeah. Big. Yeah. I love them, like the white and the cream and all the, the marine blues and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, what's interesting about this is, is that, and I didn't realize this until I was doing my research, it's not a real house. They actually just built a shell. And oh. then did all the uh, interiors on a, on sound, a, sound, st- on a sound stage. Ah, yeah. Okay, so the house itself doesn't exist doesn't as a lived-in house. No, okay. not at all. Well, it looks, it That's looks it, very isn't it? real. Yeah, and okay. seemingly as well, Robert Zemeckis, when he was talking to the production designer, what he wanted was essentially a house that in daylight and in sunlight looked beautiful and mm. gorgeous. And it really, really does. But then the second the lights go out and the shadows kind of hit it, it'll fall in a, such a way that it becomes very foreboding, which is a hard thing to do with those Vermont kind of like lake yeah, houses. Yeah, because they are, um, you know, coastal, yeah. beautiful kind of summer homes. Summer homes, yeah. they're always yeah. like facing out to lakes or whatever and yeah. like the colours are always very yeah. bright. So it's very, very difficult. I can see why it was constructed because I don't think that would naturally occur, you know, that yeah. sort of way. I even, yeah. No matter all the cinematic tricks you use, I don't think that house would look terrifying yeah. unless it was done on a sound stage. And of course, the um, the lake, um, the lake makes, <laughs> makes a it big does, impression in the movie. And like, again, like it's one of those things, you know, people want like lakefront properties and everything else are always very uh, valuable. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. we can see why. But uh, yeah, no, I love this. I mean, for one, I do love that whole kind of Vermont lake house look. I really do think those houses have got that kind of nautical mm. theme mm. in it as well. And uh, yeah, but, but but there was a very much in that film. It was kind of the quiet and the yes, loneliness, yeah. and you know the kind of the night owl sounds and all that. That, that kind of thing created yeah. the spookiness rather than anything else. Yeah, and even as well, like the, the scene, the, the famous scene in the bathtub as well. Like you know that kind of way, those big old cistern uh, bathtubs and yeah, ever like yeah. the kind of again we're talking about sound design when she's like grabbing the na- or grabbing her nails and the thing you can feel it, you know. And again, those houses as well, because like American houses, obviously they're huge. Yeah. They're so big and roomy. Noise would carry. And again, that's one of those things where it's the small little details that generally tend to make it more terrifying than anything else, I think. All right. Well, loads to watch over the weekend. If anybody wants to catch any of those movies back again, Brian Lloyd, Movies Editor with Entertainment.ie. Thanks a million for coming in. What's your own personal favourite Halloween movie? Oh, uh, The Thing. Uh, oh. Kurt Russell. Oh, oh. no. You don't like it? <laughs> I, I don't remember it. Kurt Russell yeah. and the thing. No, okay. you don't remember that. Where like the uh, the alien turns into people and then oh. turns into big giant monsters. It's horrifying. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll take it your word for it. Do let us know your favourite Halloween movie. Get in touch with us by three one zero six for thirty cent or email us at the home show at newstalk.com.
Now, Kildare Village has partnered with the local enterprise office to launch Gather, which is a creative pop-up showcasing the work of 24 of the best craft and design makers and brands from the Kildare region. It launched this week at Kildare Village and I'm joined now by project lead Claire Dunleavy, who is the Senior Enterprise Development Officer with uh, Kildare Leo. Claire, you're very welcome along to the home show. Um, now, uh, tell us a little bit about uh this showcase and what's involved in it. So we did a lot of work to find and bring together these creative brands that are based in Kildare. We had an open call over the summer. And then when we had the brands together, we put together a concept to really pitch to Kildare Village. And what kind of exhibitors uh, can people expect to see when they visit? So our goal, given that Kildare Village give us a wonderful location uh, in the village in the lead up to Christmas, our goal was to create a really beautiful gifting experience for the guests to Kildare Village. So there's so much variety. We've got fashion, jewellery, textiles, print, lots of beautiful wellness products, really vibrant, different botanicals, candles, decorations. I have to say our inventory is huge and so varied. Many of them are actually even one of a kind. And our store in Kildare Village is the only place that you can buy some of these products. How important is it to local businesses and entrepreneurs that people stay close to home? All of the work, really, of the Local Enterprise and Economic Development Unit in Kildare County Council is about supporting and creating opportunities for local businesses. Um, When you buy from a small business, and most of these craft brands are very small, some of them, there's only themselves in the business, Um, to buy from them keeps revenue and opportunities in our county. It keeps jobs in our county. Mm. And a really, um, I suppose, important point to say is when we were working on this concept, we really wanted to communicate the skill, the dedication, um, and the wonderful people behind each of these brands. Um, When you visit our store, you get to meet those people. Um, So you're not just buying a commercial gift, a something something that is mass produced. You're some you're buying something that someone has spent tens of thousands of hours honing their skill in order to craft or design this product. And I think that's really special. And it does sound indeed very, very special. So if you're looking for something a little bit different, either for your own home uh, or for somebody else's, well then do pay, gather a visit. It launched in Kildare Village last Thursday and it'll remain open until the end of December. And Claire Dunleavy from the Local Enterprise Office in Kildare, thank you very much for joining us on The Home Show. Thank you so much for having me. And you can follow our journey. We have an Instagram um, account, Gather Kildare. And you're very welcome back to the Home Show podcast. I'm Sinead Ryan and I'm delighted to welcome back to studio Jennifer Sheehan, former Home of the Year winner, who is here to give us some super spooktacular Halloween tips. Jenny, you're very welcome. Lovely to be here. Tell me your top tips then for uh, a a small home or an apartment that wants to get into the spirit of things without going, uh, well, I won't say without going OTT, (laughs) uh, but without having a huge, big, cumbersome decorations. Yeah, exactly. So the best thing about Halloween as opposed to Christmas is that you really kind of only need to do your windows and your front door maybe, right? So that kind of, that makes things a bit easier. Mm. Like no one's coming into your house this week expecting to see, you know, a tree or Halloween decorations all over the place. So so that that makes it much easier because anything that 
goes on your windows is usually flat and that means that it can be packed away flat and so that is absolutely perfect. And then on your door, if you've anything at all, you know, any little canopy or a little porch over your door, anything that can be hung up from that is brilliant. So Mm. this is like draped witches and ghouls and ghosts and really just fabric that's kind of hanging off a piece of string uh, maybe with a face drawn on it. That's so easy for storage. I mean, that could be your your tablecloth. Do you think it signals to the neighbours, look, we're open for business on Halloween because I like I have gone through years obviously where I've Mm. put up tons of stuff and out and all this kind of thing but we've no kids now anymore and um I'm in two minds about whether to lock up the house or, yeah. you know, open it with a few sweets. But I haven't put up any stuff as a result. And I like, I don't know, I, I'm sure the door will ring and I'll have stuff ready and that'll be fine. But if you do put stuff out, you are signalling to the world. Mm. We are here, we're open. If you If you come up here, you're going to get a treat. Yeah, I think so. And I saw somebody did a poll on this on Instagram recently and I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was. But it, it was a very simple poll, you know, Parents of children, do you go to houses that are that are not decorated? And it wasn't an overwhelming response, but the majority of parents said, no, we only go to houses that are ah, decorated. Okay. So if you're not getting trick-or-treaters and you want trick-or-treaters, maybe you just need to throw up a few little decorations. Okay. So who doesn't love trick-or-treaters? Well, there's plenty trick-treaters. of cobwebs. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to put up anything. Right, okay. Makes it easy, doesn't it? So, um, so the fl- just flash kind of paper-based decorations. Yeah, that's super yeah, easy. Okay, or just fine. fabric that's draped is easy. The other thing that's always brilliant is candles because they burn away and then yeah. you don't have to store them and you can just throw them away for next year. Or, you know, there, there's a brilliant thing I saw recently and if anyone has used these, I haven't, but I'm obsessed. I didn't get them on time this year, but I will for next year. These little floating candles, they're kind of like the dining hall at Hogwarts, you know, they hang yeah, from the ceiling. Yeah. They're and battery you can just operated. put them up with like a thumbtack or something yeah. like that and, and have them in the, they're, you know, just in little glass uh, yeah. bob, balls if you like and they're they're battery operated the little LED lights and they hang Great. from this you know clear fishing wire so they look magic those are gorgeous I think they're they're really really fabulous uh, pumpkins are handy because you can throw them in the compost or you can mm. eat them if that's your mm. thing um, so you don't have to store them away for next year I haven't used them personally I don't know what my my beef is with pumpkins I just right. feel like there's something rotting well, on my doorstep I do I did last year I bought a pumpkin with the view to taking it home and cutting it out and all that because I, I kind of like doing that and I ended up making like a pumpkin and chilli soup with oh, it, so I didn't put it outside it all had to go and get another one <laughs> See, we foxes we have, a, we have a family of foxes in our neighbourhood okay. and I really think that they would just tear that thing apart yeah. so yeah. I don't know yeah alright so the pumpkins if it's your thing but you had a great idea actually uh, Jenny which was uh, if you're too lazy to do all the cutting Yes, get a sharpie and just draw the face on. Because I don't it's know why dark. <laughs> it's yeah. dark. You're just looking because the carving and the cutting out, you know, the jagged teeth and the eyes yeah. or whatever, that's just to make a dark shape so that it looks like a face. But you could just draw that on with a sharpie. But the only thing is, is you can't put way. a candle in it then to kind of have yeah. it glowing. So yeah. during the day, though, that would work. Speaking of putting candles in it, I saw on a neighbour's house somebody put dry ice in it. Now, be careful with dry ice. Don't touch it. Use tongs. Hey. But somebody right. put dry ice in it. So there was all this smoke coming out of the cut out bits of the pumpkin. How cool Gosh, is that? How elaborate. Very right. spooky. Okay. Yeah. Now, Skeletons and and ghouls and all that. Actually, yeah. I was I spotted. I was looking at um, Instagram myself, and um, somebody was putting up uh, Halloween scary decorations. And one of the best ones I saw was a cutout of a Garda holding a speed camera. <laughs> and, oh, the fear! Yes. I just got a fear in my stomach. Outside <laughs> in their garden, uh, pointing towards the road. 
<laughs> I'm sure it made their neighbours slow down. And I'm not That's sure if there's a law against that or not, impersonating a Garda, but when it comes to like a cutout. But anyway, uh, they were they were saying that it absolutely worked, so they might keep it there all year. Oh, I Cars love Cars were skidding to a halt before they reached. Them. I do. I love things in the garden. Like, I don't have a garden, obviously, but if I did, I saw this one. It was the most terrifying scene I've ever seen. It was this line. It must have been about a hundred dolls in a row, kind of marching in a in a you know single file, and they somebody had placed a, ba- a body bag on top of it. It was terrifying. So for somebody who has a lot of dolls, wow, not a bad dolls can be dolls. spooky for some people Very anyway. Nice. Okay, yeah. now the bats. Um, you, you like. Um, kind of hanging the swinging bats. So, <laughs> well, bats are easy because you can just cut them out and you can hang them up. But I've seen a lot of these that, and I haven't gotten them for this year, but I'm, my neighbour has and I'm jealous and I'm going to get them. Just these kind of 3D bats that are, you know, they're flat, but the wings kind of bend back a little okay. bit. And you stick them, they come with like a little piece of sticky paper and they stick on to, well, they definitely stick on to red brick as because they're on my neighbour's house and they're working fine. Um, and they come in kind of packs of 15 or 20. So it just looks like this flurry of bats kind of mm. taken up off the side. Ah, I, love, I love that. Okay. I think that's really okay. Fun. And you know what? There is something about you can't be too tacky at Halloween. Yeah. It's not like yeah. Christmas where you're trying to be elegant and refined. <laughs> Halloween, it really doesn't matter. You can just go at it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, so um, in terms of uh, doing your kind of DIY, making your own decorations yeah. and doing it yourself, you're one for the old YouTube tutorials. I love a YouTube so tutorial. So what kind of things now can we make ourselves um, in terms of, you know, what we have at home? And I think this is the most fun because, again, with Halloween, there's no rules with Halloween. Like anything can be scary and it kind of, be, you know, it can be tongue in cheek, can be funny. Anyway, so the easiest is silhouettes in the window. This, you know, back to kind of, back to basics. So I made these, this, I trot these out every year and I'm still not sick of them. I just got a sheet of cardboard, painted it black and then cut out. I have a spider, I have a axe and a couple of other weapons, you know, hanging from, from, um, hanging from wires. I have a... Uh, two kind of ghouls I have bats and I just stick them in the window with glue dots and that looks great because when it's evening which you know we've got long evenings now and your lights are on then you just have these these lights shining mm, through these kind of silhouettes mm. in the window and I use cardboard for something more temporary you could just use black felt paper just make sure there's an, you know it's thick enough that the light doesn't shine through it and completely wash the whole thing out you could do a whole windowscape with that like I've seen and I love it and I plan to do I have a lot of plans don't I for my future <laughs> Halloweens but anyway I plan to do it some year which is that nightmare before Christmas you know the Jack Skellington silhouette okay, and there's all these yeah, the yeah, yeah. house on that kind of curved overlook and the pumpkin head and all that kind of stuff so that would be really really nice I think and that's so easy to make Okay good and um uh, in terms of then like the spider webs and the kind of getting fabric up and all that. I mean, that's very straight. Like yeah. at this time of year, people's, your your kind of mind creates spookiness when yeah. one exists. <laughs> so you could put up a piece of netting and, yeah. and drape it and suddenly, you know, it looks like something it's it's not, which, yeah. is, which is a bit fun. If okay. you found a bit of lace, black or white or orange even, you could just drape it over it. Like for example, get say a tennis ball or some old, you know, whatever ball is in your, is hanging around your house if you have a dog or you have kids or whatever and just thread a wire through it and then drape a piece of fabric over it and you could draw a face on it if you wanted to or you could stick googly eyes onto it or whatever okay, so you have and hang that up fun. and then you have a something scary. Brilliant. You know, and if you have a tree in your garden at all because yeah. you know that the leaves will be gone or going and you can thread them up through the different branches and just have them yeah. there. And black you know lace is perfect for kids that. It's so just spooky. love that stuff. Yeah. You know, they really, really do. Okay. That's really fun. Lovely. All right. Well, look, there's loads and loads to go on there. Um, now, 
let's go do little for the grown-ups now because I know Halloween's on a Tuesday so maybe people won't be having big parties or anything yeah. but you might be celebrating at home and having uh, some people over and you just want kind of your house to look a little bit nice and, yeah. uh, and all that. So we've asked you to, ha- to take a look at tablescaping and mm. you know decoration for uh, a meal. So talk to me a little bit about uh, ideas for that. And how fun is this? I mean if I was going over to somebody's house and they had the dinner all done up Halloween style that'd be so fun. Okay so first thing and I my my Instagram feed is now full of these so I have a million ideas first thing is a black lace tablecloth very very easy just get a long thing of black fabric um, and I saw a cool one I think it might have been in Flying Tiger and it was uh, it had you know spiders and cobwebs and everything mm. kind of woven into the, fa- mm. the pattern so you'll find them anywhere you get them on Amazon that looks great. Another thing that's really easy is just foliage. So dead foliage. I'm oh, talking enough kind of, of that bare around twigs. At yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bare twigs, some dried out leaves, some of those empty gourds. Even, you know, I saw on Dunn's yesterday when I was doing my shop and some of that lovely corn that's all patterned and it's different colours. I'm sure there's an agricultural term for that that I'm totally missing up. So but just what would you do then? Drape it like in the centre of the table yeah, like a runner? It would depend for me on what kind of table I have so for example I have a round table so I would kind of what I would do is I would get maybe a vase or a big kind of you know bucket whatever Mm. I would drape some more of that fabric around it or wrap it around it so it was covered and then I would probably create kind of like a big bouquet but a a Ah, spooky bouquet of kind of dead branches if I had a long, a longer table or a rectangular table or something, then I would do that along the middle like a runner. Just, I mean, literally just kind of gather it all in the centre and place mm. things as you want. Really fun as well to put, you know, little spiders on that and place little pumpkins in around it. And then extra points if you would just thread through a few little fairy lights and you can yeah. get, you know, Halloween oh, the themed tiny little, yeah. yeah, battery powered ones and you just keep them on for, for yeah. the duration and they they uh, go back quite some Actually, what you could do is possibly get a little bit of super glue and glue your foliage or your leaves together yeah. so that it doesn't, you know, So it's not just twigs mess. all over the yeah, table. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah perfect. Exactly. All right. Yeah, yeah. And of course, candles now, we need, you know, yeah. long tapered candles. We're not into the old kind of scented votive candles <laughs> here. We need the, the kind of the monsters you know, the, the Adams family ones, don't we? Yeah, we're not going for cosy, we're going for spooky. So yeah, really yeah. long tapered candles, ideally black if you can get them. And if, you know, if you're looking for candlesticks and you, you have ones that are really nice, but they're not Halloweeny, again, just wrap a bit of fabric around them and just, you know, just whatever, that black lace fabric, mm. something like that. Just wrap that around the bottom mm. and then your candlesticks will be spooky as well. We were doing a, an item earlier in the show with Brian Lloyd talking about the houses that are featured in spooky movies and scary movies. So that's the vibe you want to get, like yeah. the others. Yeah. You know, those oh. kind of big old gothic mansions where, you know, what would they have? So that that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Dripping wax candles in, in kind of silver you know, candelabras yeah. and things like that. Okay. And if you think about it as well, Halloween, you know, we're all, we're looking at decay, decrepit, old spider cobwebs, Stop everything. talking about ever. me like that. You don't. <laughs> I know it's the end of the week, but give us a break. Not even close, out of it. But you don't, what I mean is you don't need to have this perfect tablescape. It can be messy. It can look like it's kind of falling apart a little bit. It can look like it was abandoned for the past 20 years and then you're fine. All right. Well, listen, great ideas there. Um, and don't forget the pumpkin soup now. It's one of my favourites to make because it's so easy. <laughs> and uh, Jenny, just remind us again now where we can get all of those visual representations on your Instagram. At Workers Cottage. 
right and you can pop in there and see what Jenny's doing with her house and get jealous and try and replicate it. So listen, thanks a million for coming in, Jenny. And that is all we have time for on this episode of the Home Show podcast. It has been a pleasure having you along and if you've missed any of the pod or any of our other uh, shows, of course, you can listen back to them on the Newstalk app or on Newstalk.com uh, and the app is powered by Go Loud. If you'd like to get in touch with us, it's the Home Show at Newstalk.com by email and me on Instagram, Sinead Ryan 100. Thanks to Eva Breen producing this week. Stephen McLoon was on sound and we'll see you all again next time. The Home Show with Sinead Ryan. Saturday morning at 8 with Daikin on News Talk. Oh.